Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today, my guest is an artist, a soul artist, who's been making music for over 50 years. He's been sampled by the likes of J. Cole and Travis Scott. He's appeared on KXP Live Performance here in Seattle. He has an NPR Tiny Desk. He's also appeared on Nardwar, which is awesome. And uh, he has a new single out called Waiting on the Sidelines. And uh, he will be here in Seattle slash Tacoma on August 3rd. It's my pleasure to have on Lee Fields. Thank you for having me. It's so good to be here. Of course. So my first question for you, Lee, is after releasing all this music for over 50 years and all this like this soul music, the, the music that, that really touches people, who who hurt you, man? Oh, <laughs> uh, well... When I, when I sing soul, soul is not all about being hurt. Mm. It's not all about pain. It's about joy as well. It's a celebration of life in a way where you are actually uh, feeling as you go through life. You, you, and, you, and you try not to make the mistakes that you've made in the past is about, it's about life itself trying to do better. And it's about all emotions, good emotions, bad emotions. It's about letting it out, you know, because I think for people at large to really enjoy life at, at its best is to, is to adjust to the lows in life and prepare and try to uh, calculate how can you make turn the lows into a high point. Mm. It's all about it's all about winning, man. Winning is everything to me. Mm. Winning is everything. You know, if the Bible and all of the religions tell you about winning. Um, it's about winning, man. You know, although a person could be on a person's team. And say a basketball, uh, a basketball uh, uh, organization, and people love them when they when they lose as well. But they really, really, really love them when they win. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's about winning. And so, as every day passes, and I know that. Hello, are you still there? Yes, yes. Oh yeah, I, I, it blinked off. And I know it's a, every day that passed by, and the, the lows in that day, and the highs in the day, it's about winning. Mm -hmm. It's about surviving to another day. Mm. All creatures on this earth have to go through that process. Like in the jungle, for instance, the animals uh, survive another day, and some of them don't. Some of them don't because we are in a game called life and it, either you're in it or either you're out so you try to win as long as you're here mm -hmm. i want to win man i want to win every day that's what gives me so much motivation and and still able to get on that stage man and just do what i do because it's about winning 100%. it's about staying like there's a there's a a scientific uh um uh adage it says um a body in motion tend to stay in motion, a body at rest tend to stay at rest. Mm -hmm. So 
since I want to continue, I try to stay in motion. Mm-hmm. So it's all about winning for me. I, and winning I, is not walking out with a Grammy. Women is, winning is not um, being the the, um, the, 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 just the, the top dog. Everybody try to be top dog. That's what winning is about. You try to get there. You know what I mean? The the excitement is the trip itself. Mm -hmm. It's the trip itself, man. That's the excitement. You know, and you take the lows and you take it with, 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 you know, you just take with a grain of salt and then you say, well, tomorrow I'm going to win. And that's what motivates me. I, I will get that out. 100%. And I, I will say, um, being in your 70s and still having hair, that is a win in itself right there. So I, I hope to have well, hair in, the seven, in my 70s. <laughs> well, I'm, well, I'm going to put it like this. When you're out of here, um, and when you get uh, at that age, <laughs> and if you won to that point, basically you won. You know what I mean? Because nobody can take nothing with them. Mm-hmm. All of the 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 the, um, the accolades and all of that are gonna stay here. Everything that you get here is gonna stay. So it's about winning. It's about winning is waking up, surviving that day, and trying to be in a better position tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what winning is about. One day at a time. It's about winning. So what is makes me continue to 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 to, to do this because I try to motivate people. Because I've been through a lot of hardships myself. Mm-hmm. So when you when you write some of these tear jerking songs, are you always is it all about always about your life, or are these sometimes experiences that you've heard from other people as well? Are you trying to get that message out as well? Some of these songs that I write, mm-hmm. it's about my life, but I observe other people's lives from from afar. And some from close, from a closer distance, mm-hmm. like family members. And I watch people, and I watch what make them happy, what make them sad, and I watch what they are saying today. I listen to everything. Mm-hmm. I watch all of the, um, well, as many of the um, uh, shows that I can on um, these, uh, what they call uh, these live shows, where they, you know, where, where they um, just let the participant at random do what they do and i watch everything i watch i watch the way the dollar is gaining today the dollar is gaining and it's and it's a it's a beautiful thing not the dollar but the euro is gaining because the euro was so weak mm-hmm. so it's a beautiful thing i watch everything man and so that's what it's about it's just like the creatures in in the in the jungle out there if they don't watch they be they'll be consumed Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's about winning. Winning winning for some might mean of uh, getting a trophy. Winning for me, man, is surviving another day without um losing the level that I was the day before. Mm-hmm. If I if I can maintain or stay close around or go higher, I'm trying to survive. And it, we survive until the day we are born, until the day we die. Mm-hmm. It's never over until it's over. Mm-hmm. So, so with that, let, let's start from not exactly when you were born, but let's start in your childhood. And from my understanding, you you grew up in 
North Carolina. I have some family members who were raised in North Carolina as well. What what part of uh, North Carolina were you from? Oh, uh, Wilson. Okay, there we go. I have some family from Asheville, so that's that's cool. Oh yeah, yeah, Asheville is up in the mountains. Yeah, yeah. We just I filmed that video from from uh, Cinnamon Fool. I filled it up. I I filmed that video in, in uh, Asheville. Nice, that's awesome. So so with that, what was what was your childhood like? Where did you have did you have both parents in the household? What what did they do? Did you have any siblings? I had three siblings. Hmm. And I had parents in the household. I had my mother and my father. My father had it to, um, like, during the spring to the fall of the year, he had him work in constructions in, in around Washington, D.C. Because mm. that's the only, that's the uh, best job he could find. So for about six months, he was working, doing, working on highways and stuff. And so, and... I had two good parents, two good solid found foundation of parents. And when I grew up, I saw people of color had very little, very, very little, man. And it was rough because people were very hostile at that time. It was it was like a whole nother world. Mm-hmm. It was like it was like um a kid asking himself, why do people why do people have to be so mean you know so after experiencing all of that through the civil rights movements and i held still steadfast to the bible because that's the only thing that really keeps me focused whenever i'm weak it makes me strong mm-hmm. i read it and it makes me strong so i was able to press persevere through um all of my life so God has been very, very wonderful to me because God has opened up so many doors. And uh, and I'm so appreciative of what God has done. Mm. So, so uh, as far as my past is concerned, I, I don't have any stories to tell you about. I was sleeping in the car and all of that. Right. I know a lot of, a lot of blues guys talk that. But I've been fortunate to a point where things have been even in the roughest of times to a point where there was wonderful times, even in the worst of times. Because we had, I had my wife, I had my family, and I had the support of all my loved ones. So even in the roughest of times, there were good times. Right. Would would you say you're a, a glass half full type guy? Say that again? Are you Are you a glass half full? type guy uh well i believe it both ways glass is half full and is half empty Mm. you know it's both ways i look at the whole scope of things Mm. that's a good answer i like that i like that so so when you were when you were growing up was uh did you go through segregation like through schooling and what was that like oh yeah segregation man was like um you know you had your colored and your white fountains you had to, um, it was just nonsense, man. Mm-hmm. It was just totally nonsense. I think when people become wise enough to understand that the more knowledge 
the masses have. Not selective, but the more knowledge the masses have. The masses have the more chance that maybe that one that we're looking for will pierce through. Hmm. And, and 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 the answers to how uh, the perplexed problems of the future can be remedied. Hmm. You know, because we have a situation here on this earth today that we only we're right on the pinnacle of where if we wait too long, it cannot, nothing can be done. Mm -hmm. So we're at a point now where the world can survive, and I believe it will, for unlimited periods of time, because I believe that um, with faith, the right one will come along. And the right one could be here today because of things, it seems as if things are starting to get better. You know, we just, we just bunker down to a thing called COVID. And that seems to be um, sort of uh, remedied to a certain degree. Mm. And all of the things that could lead to a, catastrophe is um they're working on that now right so i think if we believe that and 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 believe with our hearts and choose our leaders with our with, with our hearts for what they're doing and the purpose i believe the planet will will uh definitely uh, sustain whatever the um uh calamity that may arise from different situations that prevails today. Right. No, that that makes that actually makes a lot of sense. Like the the more opportunities and acceptance there is, and for people to be able to be in whatever community, you know, that's whether like a a woman's allowed to be in the military if they choose, or yeah. if, or if like if more people are allowed to make music and that's an actual opportunity for them. Like, yeah, that that, that makes a lot of sense to me. So so with that, what's interesting though. When when you were when you were growing up, um, you hear you hear horror stories of like record labels taking like everything or not giving artists any pay. So, from my understanding, you growing up, you wanted to be a, a businessman, but the, you discovered music. From your business mindset at the time, did you think music could be lucrative? Oh yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Um, I think. When, when I was a kid, I realized that wherever I was seeing, wherever I was seeing, um, people would gravitate to me. And whatever, you know, wherever, it was just a natural thing. Every time I pick up a microphone, every time I would pick up a microphone uh, anywhere, uh, people would just respond in a positive way. Mm until this day so it was a natural thing but I ran into some hurdles because I didn't expect the music to change in the um, as soon as it did in the um, in the late 70s hmm. and, um, and and so when I realized that there's another factor that I hadn't included 
in my scenario of uh, what I could do to sustain myself through the years, mm -hmm. then I started listening to the new music. You know, in the in the uh, in the early '80s. So I, I realized if a person is going to survive in music, they have to be to a degree where they can be as um, to fit in, to fit in wherever they need to fit, you know, wherever they can with the change. Mm. So I, so from the, what I learned from the early 70s to the uh, late 80s was how to fit in. How, you know, I don't have to be the star. I don't have to be the star as long as I'm fitting in. And they say, well, let's get Lee up here with us too. So I get calls all over the world to go everywhere. Yeah. So I'm not the star. I'm the, I'm the co-star. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That's wild. That is like, I guess with hip hop, you know, that's been like a slow evolution, but it's interesting. Cause I do, when I do think of like an era of music, that's like, I don't know, man, this is just my personal taste. Like my favorite music is sixties and seventies music. Like hip hop wouldn't be around if it wasn't for that era of music. But that's when I, true. when I, when I think of the eighties, it just kind of sticks out like a, <laughs> sore thumb with all the like electronic music coming out and stuff like that at that time so that it is yeah. and there's there's a lot of no offense to 80s artists there is some music in the 80s that i just can't <laughs> get down with but um that is i feel like everything other genres i feel like has been like a slow build-up so what, what what were some hurdles that you did see like in the the 80s with the change from like uh soul music into this like uh like, what's a good example? Like, maybe like ABBA or AHA or those type of artists coming out in the 80s? Well, well, what I saw in the 80s, when I saw the music changing, mm -hmm. I, be, I, was, I became very, very disenchanted with the way things were going. So I thought that I was done. I thought that, uh, you know, it was over with for me. But the voice inside of me continued to say, you can do this. You can do this. So I was so uh, disenchanted that I I sought to read. I became an avid reader, mm. a very avid reader. And I, I, I read continuously. And uh, I read first, I read the Bible. I read the Bible. And, uh, but in order for me to get a clear understanding of what I was reading, and the Bible is written in old English, and um, and um, but I read this King James sixteen eleven version, so it was written in old English. But what it did, it gave me a, a broader vocabulary. Hmm. It gave me it gave me to see what those words truly mean, and then I saw how a person can become beguiled because of the trickery of the language if a person isn't really informed as to the uh, etymology of each word. Mm -hmm. So I began to read and, and, and uh, began to search the word, what it meant at that time, and put it in its proper contents in the sentence. And I began to understand contracts, like real, real perplexed contracts. Most of very perplexed contracts are written in Old English. Mm. Because the first meaning of the word uh, corrupt, the first meaning of the word corrupt is the changing of the language. 
So if you're reading something, like when I was a kid, like pot used to be, you know, something you cook in, you know, you, you cook in a pot. Yeah. And now pot is, is, is uh, you know, smoke, you know? <laughs> so so the word is, the word takes on different meaning as time passes. So I saw a reading in the, in the uh, 80s when I had all of this downtime. And I'm glad I did because when I did go back to music in the early 90s, I haven't stopped. Mm. I'll be busy. I've been busy now for over 30 years. Yeah. I mean, busy, 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 busy. And, and then I look at some of my friends that have had major, major success, and a few of them in Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, mm. but their financial situation was was um, was totally in um and and it was it was a total mess. Wow. So being a businessman, being a businessman, um, I'm doing okay. Hell I'll yeah. Put it like that. Dang, you really tied that together. That's amazing. That 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 you literally just painted the like the full picture of that. That's that makes a lot of sense. Well, wow. Well, I had to in the eighties, man. I had these. I got four kids now because of my. We had raised my nephew because of his his um. His parents was uh, deceased, mm. and um, and um, so I had a, I got a big family, mm. and I'm trying to figure out how to survive. Mm. So I started to read, and I put trust in that good book. And this is the honest truth, man. I haven't had um, a re- regression uh, in in my in my uh, musical uh, endeavor mm-hmm. uh, since. It's just constantly expanding in all kinds of ways, mm-hmm. and I give the credit to, to to my faith, and I'm, and and if a person isn't Christian, regardless what religion, mm-hmm. all religions is of God. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? That's the way I feel. Mm-hmm. You know, all if it's telling you that there's a higher, a higher uh, entity or a higher existence then that's of God, regardless what their religion is. If they're telling you to, that there's something greater than materials, then that's of God, regardless what religion that is. I just happen to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. Got it. So how old were you when you first started music? Because from my understanding, you moved to New York when you were 17, so did all that stuff happen when you were 17 or did you start a few years before 17? No, no. No, I had a band. I had a band um uh when I was about 14. Wow. Because I I I, I had a paper route. And I consider myself a little businessman cuz you know I had my paper route and I was doing very well with it. I was making almost half of the money that my daddy was making wow. my paper, I, but we just carrying paper, but I had a lot of customers, mm-hmm. but I would say the greatest thing to me that of, um, that was some of my, uh, earlier, uh, uh, portions of life was just to believe that all things are possible. Mm-hmm. And, and and I saw people of color in, in, in my town at the time. Nobody 
but a few had um, things, you know, it was just like, man, it was just like the old movies that you look at. People of color had nothing mm. except a very few. And uh, I wanted to be one of those very few. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because I said, said to myself, I saw my mother and my father, the way they was living. I said, man, you know, I said to myself, it's got to be something better than this. Mm-hmm. And I saw the way racism, ra- uh, <clears throat> the racial um, uh, uh, tension was, was, was very bad at that time. But I just felt like regardless of what happened, man, I believe God is going to um, show me a better way. Mm-hmm. And I put my trust in the word. And today like as i said like a lot of blues singers will be a bit telling you a lot of hard stories mm-hmm. i got a few hard stories to tell you i could tell you about when my nephew's um uh parents uh my nephew's father went up berserk and killed his mother mm-hmm. and killed herself and i have to end up my wife and i raising their kid that was hard mm-hmm. but after all of the the pain of, of, of losing loved ones because of the 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 the, the um the unclear mind of one mm. it brought Dale to us, my nephew. Mm. And he's just like a son to me. Mm-hmm. He's just like a son. I raised him and he's just like a son. So what good came out of that was the fact of of being able to to have the opportunity to raise it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that they chose my wife and I to raise it. Mm-hmm. The family decided that he, you know, asked us where we take it. And uh, so things like that. Right. You know, the, the music to me is just something I do to spark up my day. And when I spark up my day, I, and, and it so happened that they put the records out. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I be trying to say something that I truly feel. Mm-hmm. Like the song, like the song, for instance, uh, "Love You Forever," that was written for my wife. Mm. So when I've been my wife for fifty-four years, wow! I want to love her forever, and I'm planning on loving her even after I leave here. Mm. I'm planning on still loving her in wherever that existence may be, but I feel I will, will exists once mm-hmm. I leave it because I have faith that there is an afterlife. So for those that don't believe that there's an afterlife, I enjoy your short term because if you live to be a hundred, there still ain't no time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Compare compared to what time is. Mm-hmm. So but um that's the way I think. You know, I guess that's the reason why people um um have been um, supporting me um, with these all of these new fans through the years. Yeah, because I'm shooting to you real. You know, I'm coming at you real, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I can get on a, I can get on a uh, a show such as yours, and uh, you know, I have hip hop guys be using all vulgarity and all. I don't have to use vulgarity. Yeah, I can manage to use the English language, and I think I do it very well. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? I think that if that was the message that, which I'm not knocking any any artist, mm-hmm. if they feel like they have to use that, more power to them, you know, but I don't think so. 
mm-hmm. for myself. Yeah. So your your music alone will last forever. It's it's classic music. So I'm Thank you. Huge fan. What is your uh, in your opinion, what does it take for any artist to make a classic record? What is a classic record? I really don't know what a classic record is. Uh, what I do, I just write from my heart. I write things that I feel like I really would say, you know, mm-hmm. as some, something that somebody really would say. I write, I try to write to a point of where I wanted to be just like, just like real, man. Like we out here talking. Mm-hmm. Like, like if I would, if it was a love song, I would like to, to uh, put in words, the things I would really say, mm-hmm. um, in in in, a given, in given situations. So that being said, I really don't know what a classical record is. Mm-hmm. Only thing I know is, seem like people, uh, the music that I've been making, the people that have gotten into me. Uh, man, they 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 stayed into me, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I put it this way: life has been pretty good. Yeah, and I'm, life life has been a blessing, no doubt. Hundred percent. So I I was wondering from making music at such a young age, and how much how much has your voice changed with this? Like you've got this like smooth but raspy voice. Did you did you have that at fourteen or seventeen years old? Amazingly, the voice basically sounds about the same as it always has, always singing this way. Wow. And I don't know. And I, what really amazes me when I saw her singing sometime, and I closed my eyes and I saw her singing, I looked at the people, the people, man, it'd be, sometimes it'd be people crying. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it'd be people just so um, um, so euphoric, man, that like they'd be, be like so excited. So I, I really don't know. I, because when I come on stage, I really just let my altered personality just shine. Mm. And um and I'm like standing on the side watching them. Mm. I don't know what I'm I don't know what I do that people are so amazed about what but when I leave I see them jumping and you know like they're in church. Mm-hmm. You know, they be and then some of them be tears and some of them be Man, I can't can't even explain. Explain, man. It's just, it's just something that happens. Yeah, I can't. It's like I can't. That's the first I can explain it. I think all artists wish they can have that experience while they're on stage. You know, that's that's amazing, and to still have that feeling after so long, that's 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 great. So, when you were seventeen and moved to New York, New York, what was that like for your family? Like. Or how did your siblings feel? How did your family feel about that? Well, when I left home, um, I left a younger brother and a sister. And uh, my older brother had already moved out. Hmm. And uh, when I got to New York, only thing I know, one by one, they all came up <laughs> and found somewhere to stay. And found that all of a sudden my whole family's up here. <laughs> wow! And then, then my even my grandmother moved up here, and then she bought a house out in Plainfield, New Jersey, and all my family ended up living in Plainfield. We we just like when I go, the whole crew go. Wow! Wow! And when you when you moved to New York, did you have a plan, or did you just do that thing where you know some artists feel like if I go to New York, if I go to L.A. 
someone's going to pick me out of the crowd or did you have like a solid plan by then? No, I didn't have a plan. I went to New York because a friend, uh, a friend of mine, his name was Fred. He said, if you ever come to New York, here's my address, come and, um, and I have a place for you because you can make it, you can make it. Mm. And, uh, and I thought about that and I took a bus to New York and my mother gave me her last $20. Wow. And I ended up in New York. By the time I got a taxi, because I, I didn't know where to go. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to ride a train. But at that time, a taxi took me from the Port Authority to, to uh, Brooklyn, where I was going. And they charged me $18. <laughs> so now I'm in New York with $2 in my pocket. And haven't rang the doorbell yet. Don't even know whether the person there or, did it, or they have moved. I didn't know. And the taxi driver was pulling off. <laughs> but, I, but that's the kind of stuff I would do. Because I, I believe in walking by faith mm. and, not, and, and not walking by sight. Mm. So I rung the doorbell. I prayed, man, that somebody was going to answer that door. And it seemed like forever and ever that uh, the door would just ring. And the door would just, doorbell would just ring and ring and ring. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Fred came to the door. <laughs> oh, man, let me tell you something. When I saw him, man, I was so happy to see him. I didn't know what to do. Wow. When he saw me, he was like surprised because I hadn't called him to tell him that I was coming. Yeah. Up. So when he seen me, man, his eyes got big as two fifty cent pieces. <laughs> he looked at me. Wah, 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 wah. I say, hey, man, hey, man, ain't you glad to see me? <laughs> Hey man, he wasn't glad to see me. He said, "Man, you should have told me you was coming." You. He said, "Let me talk to Atlanta. I'm moving out tomorrow. I'm getting married. <laughs> I'm getting married tomorrow. And uh, this popping now. I'm out of here." He said, "You just you should have called me." And I was like, kind of sad in a way because I thought they'd be happy to see me. Mm -hmm. And um, but anyway, he talked to the landlady, and the landlady said that I could stay there for a few weeks. I could stay there for a few weeks, uh, providing I get a job. So I agreed. So I stayed there uh, for, uh, she let me stay there, but in the course of that three weeks time, before I could find a job, the night of Fred's marriage and his reception, I met this guy called Lonnie. Mm. It, it, and we became very good friends. And I told him I was a singer. And uh, he told me, he said, uh, listen, I know some club. I'll take it around to you after the reception. So we went out after the reception. And uh, I went to a club and I did a song and people started to throw money on the floor. <laughs> and I ended, I ended up with enough to pay my rent. And, um, and I had about 20 some bucks in my pocket. Back then, you could take Twenty dollars, twenty some dollars, man. Back then, you know, you could buy a whole lot of stuff mm -hmm. with twenty dollars. In other words, I could fill your tank up probably twice. Dang. With twenty dollars, and still have about seven dollars left. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's how valuable the dollar was. Yeah. So uh, once that night, and the people threw the money on the floor, I've been gigging ever since. Except in the 80s. 
That was the only period that I had a I had a problem with eighties. Mm-hmm. I did very few gigs in eighties. Because mm. um, but the nineties, two thousand all the way up to the day, man, I've been busy, 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 busy. Dang. And just as happy, 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 happy. Heck yeah. Do you know how much your rent was at the very beginning? Oh man. What was I paying for rent back there? I can't I can't remember. Only thing I know I had enough to pay her <laughs> ahead of time. Wow. And I had twenty some dollars left in my pocket. Wow. And twenty some dollars went a long way, man. I, I'm telling you, back then. I mean, one day I'm gonna see what the value, how how the dollar has uh decreased in value. Mm-hmm. From back then. Cause you you know, people how much People are paying thirteen, fourteen dollars for a pack of cigarettes today, right? Yeah, yeah, it gets, it gets crazy. And, and back then, a pack of cigarettes was like uh, twenty-five cents. <laughs> that look, there goes to show you. Yeah, you know. So you, you know, you had a dollar, man. Back then, you had a dollar. You, had, you had some cash. Mm-hmm. You, you, you tell her, I was a single man back then. You tell a lady, you know, you know, got some cash in your pocket. You had ten or fifteen dollars, man. You had some money. That's the money, man. Got cash, <laughs> but now it's not like that now. No, dang. So, so you started doing these gigs in in New York. When did you first connect with any record label or release your first album? Well, it was years before my first album. Mm. Uh, it was up. It was in the mid seventies for my first album. Mm. But I was putting out like singles here and singles there. Uh, with a label uh, out of a famous DJ out of um, out of uh, Nashville, John R was of an John R label, and then in '73 I got a, I was on the London label. Hmm. They had they was they were distributing Al Green and they would and they I think Elton John was on that label, and um, but after the the change came man in the '80s man, I thought I was done. Hmm. I really thought I was done. The only thing that saved me, I'll tell you right now, is the Bible. Mm-hmm. Only thing. I believe in that book, man. Yeah. I believe in that every word of that book is true. And I will argue to the day I die with anyone and who denied that it's true. I would I would I would debate with them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to open debate. Because I break it all the way down to Einstein theory of relativity. Yeah. That's how accurate that book is. Yeah. The, the book is accurate, man. If people believe Einstein theory of relativity in energy commands time the velocity of light squared, why can't they believe that everything came from the word? Mm. Because we're talking codes here. We're talking just like there's Java codes. Uh, for Java, Java language, you can put brackets and put some words in there and put a few words here and a few symbols there, and you run it through a computer, all of a sudden characters and everything start popping up. Mm. So in the beginning was the word. I think what we are as mankind, we are programmed. Hmm. We are programmed with each of the entities that's in the program have five senses, as far as humans are concerned. Mm -hmm. And that that confirmed that we are here. Yeah. When when you lose all of those senses, can't touch, can't smell, can't hear, can't see, can't taste, you dead, bro. You gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we are programmed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like I like how you're breaking things down. 
That's great. So in in the seventies and were there any uh cool artist run-ins you had? Like I, I know you performed with uh, Cool and the Gang, and you you ran into well, James cool. Brown at a. Well, at well a, I was um, I was put with Cool and the Gang by their manager. Hmm. Uh, their manager put me with the group. He had some intentions of recording me, but the late Gene Red, but um. God bless his soul, he, he passed away before we ever got on that journey. Wow. So, but but I worked with Cool for about, maybe about six or seven months. Mm-hmm. We was doing gigs around New York and places. And, uh, but that, that project never happened. He was going to record me. And, um, and I know if he would have, I believe, it would have been a great recording. Because Gene Red was, was, matter of fact, People ask me about my dress, why I dress so dapper. <laughs> the reason why is because of Gene Red. Mm. He was a sharp dressed dude, man. And then I like, uh, what's those guys? Um, ZZ Top. Mm. I, I women like a sharp dressed man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that really do. Yeah. It really do. You, you come out there and your clothes land right on you, man, and you, and you, um, and you, you present yourself right. Women like that. Yeah. They like that. I take take right now. Hundred percent. Yes, they do. So, so did you ever run into Al Green or or Sly or How, Howard Melvin or any of those guys? No, where my my um, first drummer used to drum for Al. Oh, mm. uh, he was Al drummer for a long time. Aaron Purdy. He's from Wilson, and he was uh drummer. With, he drummed with Al Green. Uh, all throughout the seventies, mm. and um, he passed away. Mm. But um, so he invited me over to see Al one time. Wow. I never met Al, but he was. I watched the show. Totally impressed, man, because he was hard as a firecracker, man. I mean, yeah. it was unbelievable, man. Al Green is great. Yeah, he's great, 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 great. Yes, he is. And um, but I watched him from afar. Mm. And learned a lot from him. And, um, but I, I was the type of cat, man. I, I met a lot of people, you know, like I've been in a room with a lot of people. Yeah. I've seen them, but if they don't, if something doesn't come up a way we get in a conversation, I don't usually, I'm not, I don't be, um, you know, if something doesn't happen, way we just start talking. I just, you know, I'm there. You, you got something to say, you know, but I don't want to invade your space, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, I don't know you like that. Yeah, and uh, and I know you got a lot of pressure on you. People asking you, oh, you don't need another person, uh, you know, coming up to you, uh, adding more um, um, uh, pressure on you. So, so I don't approach people unless something happens where we just meet and we talk. Right. Who who would you say you're? Uh, I'll go first because I just oh, that's actually a hard one. I know from the '60s. I gotta say, I I have to say, Al Green, Scott, to be like. Besides just the era is like one of my favorite artists of Besides, all time. But the favorite artist, I think the the favorites, the favorite recording artists, I think, have ever lived. To me, mm. is Sam Cooke. Okay, yeah. Sam Cooke, man, I'm gonna tell you something, man. Sam Cooke. Sam Cooke was a guy. Mm. He, he 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 really formed music scene. He really formed the modern day music scene because he was a guy, man, that was 
was was was uh, on top of his publishing. Mm. He was guy man. He was a businessman, and that's what I really I admired him being a businessman more so than his voice. No, I ain't going to say that. No, I, I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. I got to catch myself. Okay. I just told a lie. No, I love his voice better. But I really, really love the idea that he was a shrewd businessman. Hmm. And I don't remember exactly how or where I saw this. So I hope it was in a positive light. But somehow or another, I've heard a conversation um where you and Charles Bradley have been brought up together before? Like, have you guys worked together before? Or have you just been compared? Oh, yeah, or... we was on the road together. I took Got it. Charles on his first European tour. Wow. He toured with me. We are very good friends. Wow. And, man, it saddened me the day he died. It saddened me, man, because I just saw him uh, three days before he died. I went to the hospital to see him, my wife and I. Mm. And uh, after I, I had a short run down in Texas and as I'm driving back I heard it on the news that he had passed away Charles man I love Charles man you had to love Charles yeah if you met him you had to love him because he was the type of guy man that just he was he was like he has a he had a very contagious personality mm. if if you met him and talked with him for a few minutes man he would I, just, I can't describe Charles there would I never met nobody like Charles he was so charismatic and he and he was um man he has such a such a a pure pure he was a pure soul man mm. a truly 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 uh saddened and still is today yeah. and i'm also saddened about sharon man sharon jones was just like charles and sharon were just like a brother and a sister to me mm. and i was so happy to see his his success and uh, and I and I'm and I'm so saddened of both of their passing. Yeah, it still is. Yeah, for sure. Still is. He, we all we we allowed here for so many years. Yeah. And um, and I take every day, man. Like um, I take every day, like um, to 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 accomplish whatever I can in that day. Mm-hmm. It's about being who. Uh, following this path, man, and trying to be the best that I could be. Yeah. He has this, uh, I know you have your, your your own KXP performance, but he has this one KXP performance also that I was at the, I think it was the KXP coffee shop. And man, Uh-oh. it was so good. It was so oh, good. I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just saying he had this, one of his KXP live performances, Charles's, it was it was it was breathtaking. Yeah, man. He, he was something else. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's a lot of love, a lot of love, man. But but I, you know, you see, I think when people don't really appreciate every day that they have on this planet and try to accomplish what they can, because nobody's here to stay. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, people might think twenty years is a long time. Man, we only here, man. We only here for just just seconds. Yeah. Compared to what 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 time is, we just here for just 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 a day. You know, if we live to be a hundred years old, we've only here for just a day. Because a day with God 
it's like a thousand years. Mm. So that being a thousand, so so we and we live to be and we live to be a hundred. So we oh man, we were just we we wasn't here, even here for a day. We was about fifteen minutes. <laughs> no, no, about about seven and a half minutes. <laughs> man, that's so. What's so wild to have such a vast catalog and then making music for over 50 years what is what is that like to have outlived so many of your peers well i think uh, many of my peers wrote wrote it among themselves mm. you know like i because i have had friends that was in um and in a band, but you probably where well, everybody heard of them. I'm saying like uh Parliament Funkadelic. Mm-hmm. Those guys from Plainfield. So I know I know most of them. Some of them used used to play with me. Glenn Gordon used to play with me before he got with George. Mm. Well, first he got with Bobby Womack, and then he got with George Clinton. Bobby Womack. But he was my guitar player with a group called the Bags. I used to use them from time to time back when I first moved to Plainfield. But anyway, for, for to see my, my peers pass away, it's sad, but I know hmm. that it's going to happen. It's going to happen to me. It's going to happen to everybody. But I don't fear death. Hmm. I don't fear death. I don't, you know, nobody want to go. Hmm. But I don't fear that to a point. I, I, I would try to live as long as I can, of course. But the thought of death to me is not the end. Hmm. Because I'm not the physical body that you're looking at now. This is my carriage for the time when I came in this earth to this earth and to the time I leave. This is my carriage. But I'm not the carriage. A man is not the car. This this carriage is my vehicle. A car is my vehicle. I'm what is looking out my eyes and seeing the bridge of my nose. That's where I'm at. I'm inside my my intellect. Mm. I'm intellect. So intellect never dies. One plus one will be two forever. Forever. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm, I'm intellect. So intellect will be around and intellect was here before anything was cr- created. Mm. That is the master program. That is, we are just, we're just a part of the program. Mm-hmm. But we are given these spirits that is not from here, but from what has created everything. So we go back to that. Mm-hmm. And we will be judged. Each person will be recalled. And people say, man, that's, how can they do that? The deoxyribonucleic acid, which is the DNA, everyone, everybody has a DNA. And when that code is called, at Judgment Day, that person will be reassembled. And all, everything that person has said and done is recorded. Hmm. And they'll be judged. And whatever the, whatever comes out of that happens. Hmm. But, but it's, it's real, man. We're not just here just to, just to come in and have a good time. We're spirits from, from another place. Yeah. So, oh, I, 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 my music and everything is based upon that principle. <laughs> yes. Uh, 
Yes. So with that, what keeps you going with creating music? You're, you're still releasing singles. You're still releasing albums. You're still going on tour. What keeps you going? You could probably at this point just stay home and relax if you wanted to. Well, there's an old saying. A body at rest tends to stay at rest. A body in motion tends to stay in motion. So uh, since I want to stay in motion as long as I can, I try to move as much as I can. Mm -hmm. When you see a person laying down for a long, long period of time, and they keep on laying down and laying down, you can, you can start looking at your watch. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, a body at rest tends to stay at rest. The longer they rest, the more chances are that they're going to keep on resting. So I try to be up and at it, bro. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So I want to I quickly talk about uh, your band, The Expression, Expressions. How does that band come to be? Because from my understanding, every once in a while, you, it's, a, it's an ever-evolving band. So how how do you choose, or what is the process of someone becoming uh, a new member of the band? Well, the manager of the band is Toby Pasner. And uh, he handled all of the who's coming in, who's going out. Only thing I know, the people that are chosen to be in there, they're like my musical sons. Hmm. They're like my musical sons. All of them are just like my musical sons. And I mean that. Toby, Pazner to me is just like my son. I love him just like my son. Because the years that we've been together, about the last 16 years, wow. and he's been there, he's been there. And times, nights when I wasn't feeling very well, he's there. And uh, um, matter of fact, I'm his his kids. I'm the godfather. <laughs> yes. And um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, throw a big bash at it. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm gonna invite you too. Yes, please. I'm gonna get you on out of here. <laughs> I'm gonna throw a big bash. Hopefully, uh, by the fall, if 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 um when I find a period in time where I can give everybody ample um 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 invites mm -hmm. and um and um I'm gonna throw a big bash. That's awesome. Let's end the show with one final question and. That is, what is some advice that you have for um, up-and-coming artists, creators, and influencers? The best advice I would give any artist, don't lose confidence. Don't lose confidence. Mm -hmm. Confidence is the key. You got to be confident in what you're doing. If you lose that confidence, that is, that is your... That is your uh, the confidence is what guides you. If you lose that, you lose uh, you lose your way. Mm. And don't let nobody discourage you if you really feel it. And, and also, don't fool yourself. Mm. So, so with that, is there uh, anything you want to promote, your tour? Well, I'm hoping to see people that love my music in all of the cities that I'll be touring through. And uh, and I'm and I want to thank everyone that that supported me by purchasing the records. And I'm so happy. And I, and I want to thank you so much for this interview. Of course, I truly, truly appreciate it. Of course, I appreciate you and, too. And basically, that's it. Amazing. Until I come to your city, I'm hoping to see everybody. 
Awesome. So I, I end the podcast by saying the this is the NAS podcast, and you say your name. So this is the NAS podcast with Lee Fields. <laughs>